Hi, welcome to Two Towns Over. This show is made possible by our patrons. If you want to monetarily support the show, we're at patreon.com slash two towns over. If you can't support us financially, then you can support us algorithmically by liking, rating, and sharing. Thanks. Enjoy the show. I still had my earbud in when I went to the restroom and it was so quiet over here for a minute. I was wondering if you guys are actually robots and you shut down whenever I leave the room. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a sophisticated AI. Uh, hey, that is body. literally what the midweek that we just recorded was about. I know. Is it? Yeah, we yeah, did the dead well, internet. But, but Ruben doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're probably not real. We're probably AI generated content. I hope I'm AI generated content. Fuck, dude, that would be so preferable. Count your fingers. How many fingers do you have, real quick? Seventeen. Is that unnormal? You are AI generated. It's just like Josh's uh, twelve dick porn um, that he watches. Oh, so. you like the Sonic Rule Thirty Four subreddit as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hi, everybody. That was a joke. Oh. I've never been to that subreddit. I know it must exist. It- <laughs> no, it's like, you know, that, you know, that guy that's in uh, the, the main class in My Hero that can like grow ears out of different parts of his body. Uh, I was unaware. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, it's like, oh, that, that are you dicks. talking about the dude with the fucking no mouth, but he can make a mouth out of his tail wings? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Yeah, that's oh, yeah, a that weird was some- fucking dude. <laughs> that, that was something else that was at uh, that library I went to yesterday here in town. Um, they actually have a, a manga section, including One Piece. What? They've got the most famous... No, I'm kidding. That's actually really cool. <laughs> yeah, they had they had like uh, a whole like shelf of nothing but manga. I mean, it wasn't I like the, the naughty manga that you guys like. You know, like Brother that's Sister. That's called Hentai. It's called hentai. Hey, Don. And it's art. Yeah. Don just said, brother and sister specifically, I'm going to be real with you, buddy. Uh, that shit is in literally every manga I've ever read, minus like <laughs> One Piece. Except that uh, not anymore, kind of. What, it's in One Piece now? Or are you saying that the, the, the porn side's not in manga no, much anymore? No, I mean... That specific type of brother-sister relationship is not in One Piece, except that when I say that, what I really mean is none of the main characters or anyone that's a recurring character has a relationship like that. There are definitely people that you meet in a story that's 30 years long, but like it's that one in like Jujutsu Kaisen. It's yeah, like, true. Nobody's that's like on the that only two. Like nobody's worried about sex in Jujutsu Kaisen. Mostly they're worried about their friend just died two days ago or whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but then no, he didn't. But then everybody else did. But then oh, oops, actually he did though again this time. Wait, no, man, this is a roller coaster. Uh, fucking uh, me and Sharknado three and Devotions Will Wiley went on a fucking long Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, rave 
I gotta start. I gotta read. I gotta catch up on the manga. That shit is. Oh, man, it seems like it was so good. I want to watch it. It's gonna be over soon. The manga. Yeah. Yeah. Which is wild. Okay, Don had a thing to say, and then it's real fuck Ted Bundy hours today. Dumbass, I said don't say anything about what it is. What? It's the title of the episode! Oh, yeah, I guess. I thought you meant the other thing, the thing that you're doing for the 100th episode that's a mystery. No, no, I didn't think of that. So... I already... Dumbass. Hey, I I did already know what the script was going to be about today. So, so what I wanted to say is just to, um, just to break that <laughs> curtain. Um, I don't know if it was last year or the year before when the uh, um, Jeffrey Dahmer show came out on Netflix, and everybody yeah. was simping for Jeffrey Dahmer, and there was uh-huh. like a huge there was a huge argument on whether or not true crime podcasts and true crime documentaries glorify serial killers and i, mean, I wanted to still say a valid discussion to have yeah yes but what i want to point out is people who are listening to our show need not worry about us glorifying uh today's topic because literally the title of josh's script is <laughs> Uh, if Ted Bundy had a million haters, I am one of them. If Ted Bundy had five haters, I am one of them. If Ted Bundy has only one hater, that hater is me. And if Ted Bundy has zero haters, then I am dead. Fuck Ted Bundy. So, um, to all hey, the people listen, who guessed... Bro, bro. <laughs> Ted Bundy got at least two right now. I don't know shit about Ted Bundy, but fuck Ted Bundy. Okay, nah, because let me fucking... Let me pop off for a second. Go I off, King, go off. when I am going to talk about how much I hate a thing, I'm going to know everything about it. Oh, yeah, because you're not going to catch me slipping with wrong information. Exactly. <laughs> if, if I'm going to get in front of a microphone and declare how much I hate Ted Bundy in front of thousands of people, like even among other serial killers, fuck Ted Bundy. I'm going to make sure I know everything. So over the past, like, two, two and a half weeks, I have effectively been studying Bundy as an additional part-time job. <laughs> it's every every interview or transcript of an interview with Bundy that took place in prison, I have heard. If you just type the words Ted Bundy into YouTube... Everything that comes up on, like, the first two pages, I have heard. Damn, for a brief stint about nine and a half years ago, I feel like, like you now, I may have been the world's foremost expert on Charles Manson. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. <laughs> like, it's, I listened to a nine-hour-long audiobook, uh, Conversations with a Killer, by uh, Stephen Michaud and um, Hugh Ainsworth. That's how you know you have been doing it too much when you just know the names of the books and the <laughs> reference material and yeah. the author off rip. Um, everything on uh, biography.com was uh, a big source for to uh, a good portion of today's 
uh, information. I mean, granted, I heard it a million other times, but I structured it in roughly the same way as uh, biography.com did. Uh, I listened to the last podcast series about him. Uh, They had a couple of little pieces of information that other places didn't. I listened to a couple of other podcasts that I don't remember the names of because they uh, just didn't really grab me. But for those of you who think we are last podcast, but but like you made it last week and it's leftovers, um, (laughs) go fuck yourself. We are so much cooler than them. And also we have a black. Ah, shit. Uh, Ted, Ted, but their Ted Bundy series may have been uh, one of their worst heavy hitter series. It was not great. It was also things that I'm like, man. If my white friends had said that, (laughs) (laughs) but no, safe to say, if there is a piece of Ted Bundy media that you have seen, probably me too. Aside from the shitty horror movie that they made about him, and um, I still didn't watch uh, Shockingly Wicked, the the series. Is Ted Bundy the one that used to kill couples? No. No, no Ted Bundy is the rapist. Oh. He's a therapist? That's nope. not... That's... <laughs> I mean, at... Uh, briefly, kind of, actually. That was literally no, just a play on words. You'll see. <laughs> that was literally just a play I on know. words. The, the, no, why? The, yeah, right, we got, yeah we, uh-huh. yep, yep. Okay, I didn't want you to think I, I was saying all, ra- all therapists are rapists. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> all right, so let's get going. So the date is January. By the way, if you haven't realized, like I said, Josh wrote this script. So the views Every expressed... Read one of Josh's titles. <laughs> Do you know what happens in my head? It's like a, what? a little sound happens. It just goes do 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 every time. <laughs> I don't. What is that a reference to? Oh, well, imagine as I'm pacing the pews oh. in a church yeah, corridor. It's, okay. it's like their right. yeah. It's like their biggest one. Uh, you can you, you damn potheads. Hey, I don't really smoke anymore. I did. I did break my sobriety. Yeah, you, you said last week that did you I? went. Yeah, and yeah. You I had a beer. Yeah, I, w- I went out to the bar and I had I had a PBR Uno. A Paps Blue. You drank a Paps Blue Ribbon. Yeah, I like bad beer, Don. I I don't know oh, what to tell you. That's that's <laughs> right. You're from Alabama. Never mind. Sorry. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> you have stepped over a line, my dear friend. From Alabama? What no. Oh, no, Don. No. Jonathan. Was trapped in Alabama. I did six years hard time in Alabama. All right? There's a there's a t- speaking of Alabama, there's like this teacher who's also a stand up comedian at the at the the dry bar comedy, you know, uh-huh. and um, his name is like Mr. Cox or some shit, C.O.X. Uh-huh. Co- whatever. And he's very funny. He's got a great like sort of bumbling dad energy. 
which is why I go to the fucking Dry Bar Comedy YouTube page, just because they're all that. But he's in Alabama, and the other day he had a story about a monkey, and he is not racist in any way, shape, or form. I've done the research. And <laughs> and his accent, though, however, when he said monkey, I knew he was talking about a little furry creature that one might keep as a pet if you were weird. But, uh, boy, it was an uncomfortable watch. That's all we'll say. <laughs> all right, Don. Set the scene for us here because I'm very excited for Ruben to hear this. So the date is January 24th, 1989 at around 7 a.m. The location, Stark, Florida. In a large pasture, somewhere around 2,000 people are having the tailgate party of a lifetime. Commemorative t-shirts and bumper stickers are being sold and worn and fireworks are being prepared. Drinks flow and grills burn hot as the celebration gains momentum. The partygoers are chanting burn jo- hot. Grills. Grills, thank grills. you. Grills. Yes. No, actually, this is Salem. Um, Got it. <laughs> so the partygoers are chanting jolly slogans through slurred speech as they've been drinking all night in anticipation of the main event. Finally, word reaches the crowd that the moment they've been waiting for occurred at 7.16 a.m. Theodore Robert Bundy's execution by electric chair was just carried out. It's said that this crowd's celebratory roars and pops of fireworks could be heard inside the prison, quote, before the small puff of smoke that arose from one of his legs had even dissipated. Prior to his execution. (laughs) (laughs) That's, hey, Josh, at the beginning of the episode, you said real fuck Ted Bundy hours. That's real fuck Ted Bundy hours. That's real fuck Ted Bundy hours. These people. I want to do that for Trump's funeral. Also Biden. (laughs) (laughs) These people tailgated in execution. That is Florida man shit. That's nah, dog. That goes. That's like 18th century French peasant shit right there. That's crazy. Like, it, and you know, if they could have watched it, they fucking would have with the beer oh, yeah. and all. Like, uh-huh. oh man, can you imagine how fucking fun that day would have been? Uh, right, <laughs> just really getting together, not to say celebrate your team or mourn the passing of a loved one mm-hmm. or have a birthday party, but to really say fuck. You, we ball anyway. Like, so, are, that's crazy. One of my favorite things is that people were uh, making and selling uh, homemade t-shirts. Beautiful, beautiful. What they, they say? Just uh, had like a picture of Bundy in the electric chair. Good, um, perfect. Th- that said stuff like, "How did they get that?" Burn Bundy, burn. Well, like a drawn picture. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, that's that's and, some that's some black funeral type shit. They were I. I have it. I joshed myself. Uh, they were chanting yeah. "Burn Bundy, burn," um, uh, or like the the first annual Bundy barbecue stuff <laughs> like that. People were selling uh, like tinfoil hats. Except- I want you all to know that they led off to me with the serial killer series with fucking geeners, <laughs> and we could have started here. <laughs> Um, they were making tinfoil hats, except instead of it being a conspiracy theory, it was to mimic the the Good. metal hat that they put on you in the electric Fucking chair. Fucking beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I've never... No, I have. But I... Like... The, wow. For, a, for an execution 
in modern times, speaking like historically, modern times starts like in the 50s sometime. It's like 1956. Um, I've never heard of that amount of fervor for like a famous death. Yeah. Like they had been in this field <laughs> tailgating and partying all night. That's waiting. That's crazy. Yeah. They were fucking hammered, dude. Do y'all know how much it takes to prepare for a tailgate? It's a lot. It's a lot. We're Southern. We and get like, we've done it. So it's like just a- as an aside, if anybody can get me one of the real original uh, Bundy and the electric tear teach electric chair t-shirts i'll suck your dick i don't care at the, it was at the actual <laughs> okay the <laughs> it was at the actual bundy's execution tailgate party it hit me up ladies I you do i know it, dicks of all shapes and sizes i i don't even <laughs> care what size it is i don't care if it's dirty i <laughs> Not the dicks, the shirt. I was about uh, to say, are you talking about I the shirt or the dick? I do care if it's dirty. I do care. I care very much if it's dirty, actually. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not going to wear it. I'm going to frame it. Look, I'm an equal opportunity uh, sexual favor trader, but like <laughs> only cle- cleanliness is next to godliness is next to comeliness. So... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so prior to his execution, old Teddy's response to the chance of burn Bundy burn was, they think I'm crazy? Listen to them. They're crazy. Now, how despicable does a person need to be? Okay. <laughs> okay. Fuck Ted Bundy for real. <laughs> However, he is kind of right about that. Oh, absolutely. Like that, yes. I mean, I know we just spent 10 minutes talking about how dope that is, but like... That's weird that we've done this. It is absolutely <laughs> fucked. The, that we're execu- ha- a state-sanctioned murder yeah. was tailgated. I'm leftist. That's like four things too far, yeah, you know? Exactly. But I'm still on board for this one specifically. Right, exactly. Like, uh, like there's a thing that uh, we'll probably get to it in the second episode, but I'll talk about it now. Um, there were a couple of anti-death penalty advocates who were trying to uh, get Bundy no life death instead penalty, of no just death. life in yeah. prison with no possibility. Which is a noble thing to do, especially with the American justice system the way it is. I get it. But, but not with Ted Bundy. Not because with Ted I Bundy. Like I also don't support the death penalty because allowing the government to murder people is... No, I, I, man, the overhauls not, I would make cool are, would get me killed. <laughs> um, but I feel like if you're a big anti-death penalty advocate and you know that Bundy is about to be executed, maybe you maybe go... Maybe shut the fuck up. Okay, he's the last one, though. <laughs> yeah, maybe... Maybe that's the last one. Like, okay, y'all can have this one. Like, Christopher Lee went to the last guillotine thing, so maybe right. make Ted Bundy the last chair, maybe? We yeah. could do that, right? And now the big thing Obviously is nitrogen um, asphyxiation now is the new one. Have you seen, thank you, Don, for reminding me of the thing that you showed me a long the time Jacob ago. The video? Uh-huh. Yeah. Where uh-huh. it's like, literally, um, hangings was a downgrade from the thing we were doing previously, which was like beheadings, and like, it's only gotten less effective since then. Yeah, every method of death penalty ends up being less humane yeah, than, than the, the previous last one. one. Yeah. Like... 
It's wild. I personally would rather have my head go. go. Yeah. Just take that bitch off. We know it works. It can. We know how fast it is. Like, I'm not gonna feel that shit. I'll be dead first. So that's to me. It's that or like an injection that'll just put like you know put me to sleep type shit. Yeah, we're not gonna get into a, a super nuanced or detailed discussion about the ethics of the death penalty. But if you want to hear one of those, uh, Jacob Geller on YouTube very good has it's a like fantastic video about it. Yeah, slightly less. Anyway, fuck the death penalty, fuck the cops, let's keep going. Fuck fuck the death penalty, (laughs) fuck the cops, and especially fuck Ted Bundy. And especially fuck Ted Bundy. So how despicable does a person need to be before they get a crowd of thousands in attendance to celebrate their state-sanctioned murder? Well, that question can be pretty easily answered just by running through the necessary content warnings for this series, which are as follows. Torture, Uh rape, which in some instances involves minors, Psychological manipulation, dismemberment, and necrophilia. But before we can get to all of that, we have to start with the story from the very beginning. Hi. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch. God damn it. (laughs) Damn it. The delay ruined it. Shit. My bad. That was very funny. Um, I didn't even write that. That was Don. That was, yeah, no, I could tell. That was amazing. Um, it's going to be a long Don series, Don surprising guys. me with my own script. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. That's why he's the best. Um, Don deserves a fucking Webby, actually. Anyway. <laughs> true. Um, fucking, speaking of necrophilia, I found out recently that morgues, across the U.S. and other places, uh-huh. hire more women than men for reasons that you are scared of. Yep. And you're right about those. Yep. And it's... it's that makes me sad. Uh-huh. It, like, profoundly. My uncle so, was, a, was a mortician. Not that kind. Yep. <laughs> so on November 24th, 1946, the devil that we know as Ted Bundy was actually born Theodore Robert Cowell at the Burlington Home for Unwed Mothers in Vermont. His mother, Eleanor Louise Cowell, said that his father was a sailor, but it has been theorized that his father was none other than his grandfather, who was known to be an all-around bastard of a man. Yeah, so uh, whole whole nine yards for what you imagine when you want to call someone a bastard in the 50s. Uh, abusive, misogynistic, racist incestuous whole, whole nine yards yeah yeah so all my granddad's friends that i met when i took him to an auction when he was like 80 yeah nice uh-huh nice <laughs> those men were mm, black people will know what i'm talking about when i say this <laughs> uh adorably racist <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah 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 it was so archaic that it was funny nice a it lot was, of them yeah. calling you yeah. boy and son no, that shit still gets to me for real because I'm also big. So like, fuck you. Also, I'm agendered. So eat my ass both ways from Sunday. I don't know, but um, um, no, but like, like there's ones that are timeless. Like, oh, black people are big and they're scary and they're dangerous. That's all gonna. That's all whatever. But they're they would think things like. I don't even know how to describe it because they're so old. Like to me, I was young. Like it was young. I'm still only 31, but like it was like 
they would say something sideways, but with a look on their face that meant that they learned to update. Like they tried, <laughs> but in the '60s, you know what I mean? Like, right? <laughs> like a bunch of these old men, you know, born in like the '30s and '40s. And they grow up and they're racist as all hell. And then they, you know, they hit the 60s and 70s and they learn a little bit. And then they stop because they get old Uh because that's what we all do. We deserve it. And I don't really believe that. But like, yeah, it was like, I don't know. They believed shit that like I couldn't swim and stuff. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like just really random dumb shit. Anyway, black people will get it. I don't have to explain it to them. They'll understand. So some experts on the story assert that Ted was most certainly abused by his grandfather, though Ted always maintained that this was not the case. Now, the family would move to Philadelphia shortly after Ted's birth, and in an effort to give the child a, quote, normal upbringing, it was decided that he would be raised as if his grandparents were his parents and his mother being his older sister. Now, no one really knows for certain exactly... <clears throat> the whole the whole move to Philadelphia was in an effort to distance themselves from uh, the home for unwed mothers. Ah, so I know I glossed over the fact that that Don said that his his dad may also have been his grandfather, right. and that's a special kind of fucked up. Uh huh. Um. So I don't want to think I don't want listeners to think that I did not hear that piece of information. Yeah. Um, uh, So that's not confirmed. His his mom maintains that it was uh, a military guy who knocked her up and then abandoned her. And she could never find him again. 48. What year? 48. 48. 48. Oh, Uh that's very plausible. Very possible. Yeah. Uh, She would not have been alone in that time. Um, But. Uh, Don mentioned a home for unwed mothers. I wonder why we had those back then. Uh We still kind of do, but they're not called that. Um, They're called halfway houses now. But the fucking... Like, I'm just trying to imagine, as I always do with these people, usually men, who end up on this podcast, like how they ended up where they ended up. And like... Just the uh, ambiguity around town, like the rumor floating around that your grandpa might be your dad, actually. And then the fact that your family decides to raise you as if you're his son and your mom is your sister. Uh Uh-huh. That's got to be confusing for a child, right? Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe I just had my particular upbringing and I don't understand that that's, you know, a kid can adapt to shit like that. But like, that seems like it would be. A weird situation to grow up in. Um, So no one really knows for certain exactly how Ted finally discovered the truth about the circumstances of his birth. But one version tells of a young Ted discovering his own birth certificate in the attic of the family home. Now, the first instances of concerning behavior began when Ted was only a toddler. His aunt once awoke. There is just real quick. There are a couple of other theories about how he discovered uh, one being that like way later when he was in university, he went back to Philadelphia and confirmed his like confronted his mom or his granddad or something. Well, he 
still lived like with his he didn't live with his mom he had moved out but she was still up in washington okay um and another was that uh one of his cousins had found out and uh like was making fun of him for being illegitimate and he was like nah -uh," and then his cousin showed him his own birth Uh, certificate so it's one of those nobody really knows but it was probably you know something normal yeah he was cleaning or his cousin was being a bitch or Uh, but like can you imagine finding your own birth certificate and first noticing that it says uh that your father is unknown and then reading a little further and seeing that uh it lists your sister as your mother that'll fuck you up yeah well so uh hmm As a black person with a large black family, I've seen lots of different types of, like, smaller family groups. And I got to say, it depends on how you handle it after you find out. Like, because they're definitely, like, in the black community, it is definitely less uncommon to see this exact situation where, uh, you know, a young woman has a baby very young and then... In for whatever reason, the family all decide that the best course of action is to raise this kid as if he's your little brother. Right. And then maybe we'll tell him later, and maybe we don't, whatever. But then when he, if they find out, the way they handle it has always, in my personal experience, been the deciding factor. Yes. However, none of the people that you're talking about are actual clinical perfect psychopaths. Well, I don't understand what you mean. Oh, 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 nope, I got it. Yeah, like diagnosable, almost perfect score on the psychopathy test. That's valid. 39 out of 40. That's valid. Uh, And in that same vein, Don, read that next line. Um, His aunt once awoke to find her nephew around three at the time, placing knives around her in bed or in her bed. She would later remark to Vanity Fair, I remember thinking at the time that I was the only one who thought it was strange, but nobody did anything. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. If it happens once, that's weird. Kids get one. They get one. Putting knives in your bed? Yes, yes. I have, listen, if you've ever seen certain threads on Twitter, you know kids will say some insane shit to you. If you've ever heard any of Jesse's stories about pre-K, you'll know that kids will look at you and say, like, my grandma says you look pretty. And then you'll be like, oh, yeah, have I met your grandma? He's like, no, she's right there. Like, that type of shit. Like, (laughs) you get one. (laughs) Especially, like, knives are shiny. You're three. You don't know. You're putting shiny shit in my bed. Okay, Maybe if you do any other creepy shit, I'm talking you blink weird once (laughs) exorcism. I don't care. We're going to a doctor. Like, so from it's, I couldn't find like her actually saying this, but apparently the story goes, she woke up and he was, he had like a bunch of knives from the kitchen that he was putting around her in the bed. And she was like, what are you doing? And he just smiled real big. And left the room. That is some shit that a fucking creepy ass three-year-old would do in my (laughs) mind.
This podcast is powered by Podbean Podcast Hosting. Are you thinking about starting your own podcast or looking for the best home for your podcast? Check out all the amazing features that Podbean offers with unlimited bandwidth and storage for an affordable price. That's right, unlimited. Visit www.podbean.com unlimited to check it out today. That's podbean.com unlimited. So following Ted's discovery of his true parentage, Eleanor, his mom, would take him to move to Tacoma, Washington. It was here that she would meet and marry one Johnny Bundy in 1951. Now, Johnny Johnny was an army hospital cook who would go on to legally adopt Ted, finally giving the name, the last name that we all say with venom on our tongues today. I don't like you speaking for me, Josh. I'm sorry. do, Do you say... Do you say Bundy with sugar and rainbows coming out of your mouth? No, but how am I supposed to say Ted Bundy for the rest of the episode with venom on my tongue? Just like the way you normally say it. Bundy? So I don't have to like get all Alex Jones and say Bundy! 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 So, yeah, so Ted didn't much care for his new stepfather, largely due to his middle-class status. Ted became hyper-materialistic at an incredibly young age and often fantasized about being adopted by richer men who could afford to give him the nicest clothes and things he wanted. Ted also resented his mother's sister for making him the illegitimate child that he was. (laughs) Being... I can't do that. I can't keep doing that because that's actually a joke that um, Dan Cummings uh, did. Every time he mentioned his mom, he would say mother, sister, and the dad would be grandpa, dad. But um, so Ted also resented his mother for making him the illegitimate child that he was, being that social pressures uh, were much heavier in the 50s than it is now. But the brunt of his disdain was felt by Johnny. Now, it may or may not surprise because a lot of people. Because you always hate your stepdad. Oh. Buddy, I'm 31. If my dad died and my mom got married in 10 years, I would fucking hate that man. I don't care. Yeah. I got to rep my daddy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, you, uh, I don't even. So, I, I love my dad now. But when I was a teenager, man, even though he had been there since I was uh, five years old... Uh, you're not my real dad right exactly yeah it's that's just when you have a stepdad you just hate him it's just a thing you do i would cite my step-grandmother but that woman actually was evil so (laughs) not a good comparison yeah (laughs) so it may not surprise a lot of people to learn that the man known for being a charismatic killer um was wildly wildly socially awkward as a boy He struggled to get along with and relate to his classmates, which led to bullying and outcasting. Now, Bundy did do well academically, but never rose to the top of his class or anything like that. He struggled to keep up with his fellow Boy Scouts and athletics and developed a strange interest in making uh, tiger traps in the woods. On at least one occasion, a young girl was a little bitch. Hey, friend, don't say that. Don't say that. That sounded like my childhood, and I'm really uncomfortable about it. Like, <laughs> I was, I had great grades, not the top of my class. Me too. I struggled to keep up with the other boys, uh, fucking athletically, just interest-based. Uh, not tiger traps, but fires in the woods. That was my thing. Safety first, though, Cub Scout. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like to try and build stuff. Absolutely. The, you got to build a clubhouse. You got to. But we weren't little bitches. Ted Bundy was. That's fair. <laughs> I might have been a little bit of a bitch. but I mean, I was, a, I was a little bit of a little bitch. I've always been a little bit of a bitch, but it's fine. So on but at least Ted one occasion, but Ted Bundy bitch. was a whole bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> on at least one occasion, a young girl fell into one of those traps and injured her leg. Now, hey, a young that's Bundy, not cool. Yeah, a young Bundy also exhibited the most famous telltale sign of serial killer harming animals. One of his favorite pastimes. One of his favorite pastimes was purchasing mice at a local pet store, taking them into the woods, and choosing which one to kill and which ones to release. This theme of, quote, playing God will only intensify as time goes on. Around the same time, he developed several other troubling habits that, through the benefit of hindsight, foreshadowed the horrific events of his adult life. Ted became Buddy, heavily... If I, if I learned that my child oh, was, was fucking Sophie's choicing rats uh-huh. <laughs> on a regular basis... I don't know what I would do, but I know that many people with professional sounding titles would be involved. Many of them. Yeah, a team. Immediately. A A whole team. Maybe two teams. Yeah. Working in tandem. Uh I don't know what I would do. Two teams with an oversight council. Somebody has to have a degree in that. uh, Several people have to have a degree. Like... I, you know, like immediately, I don't care if it's the 80s. Uh, this would have been the 50s. Still. 50s. Yeah, still yeah. The 50s. Wow, why did I say 80s? Because that's when he, he, grown man. Oh, well, he yeah. was executed in the 80s. He that's was arrested right. in the 70s. Because you said 89 at the beginning of the episode. Right. Anyway, I don't care if it's the 50s. Bitch. Like, hi, my son is literally executing rats in the forest like a wizard. Can you help me? <laughs> <laughs> One of the, it was like torturous to from what i read one source said that he would pull them apart in the woods that's fucked yeah so ted became heavily interested in pulpy detective novels that included detailed and gory descriptions of murder and rape he also became a known voyeur often watching strangers through the windows of their homes now this kind of voyeurism at a young age is now known to be a common precursor to sexual violence now, while it's unconfirmed and Bundy denied it even with his own execution right around the corner, some criminologists believe that Ted may have killed his first victim in 1961 at the age of 14. He was working a paper route that went through the neighborhood of Anne Marie Burr, an eight-year-old girl who went missing. In the wake of her disappearance, the only clues to be found were an open window, a footprint, and an unlocked front door. Anne's parents and sister were also home at the time of her disappearance, which lines up with many of Bundy's later victims. So it's we'll see. I'll try to I'm going to put a pin in that right now and I'm going to try to remember to take it back out later because that perfectly mimics an older Ted Bundy's M.O. Somebody uh, other people were home at the time. Uh, The crime scene had relatively minimal evidence. We hit the part where I'm going to get quiet and just nod at my co uh, co-host for a little <laughs> while. Get uh, audience, so you like I'll chime in in a while when something outrageous happens. But for now, I'm just 
kind we're of actually, mad. We're not going to get to a whole lot of super outrageous okay. this episode. Okay. Uh, this is the easy episode. Okay. Where <clears throat> everything that happens up to the first confirmed murders is this episode. Next week is going to hit the ground running. Heard. So jumping forward to Ted's okay. university years. Sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Oh, jumping forward to Ted's university years following his high school graduation in 1965, he attended um, one year at the University of Puget Sound before transferring to the University of Washington to study Chinese. In 1967, he began Bitch, a relation. What? Yeah. He yeah, just... Chinese. For why? I don't know. In the 60s? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in 1967, he began a relationship with a classmate named Diane Edwards, who he would later describe as, quote, the only woman I ever really loved. The relationship would continue long distance after Diane graduated and returned to living at her family home in San Francisco. Bundy would visit her later after receiving a scholarship to study at Stanford. To San this is the portion where I'll start glossing over like some of the the less super important stuff about like what he studied where exactly he studied it he's in college he's studying things he doesn't keep a thing for very long uh diane edwards is his girlfriend that's what yeah. you need to know right now in august of 1968 um ted would visit the republican national convention in miami where he made connections in the world of politics shortly oh, after yeah. this also ted bundy worst of all He's a Republican in the 60s. Oh. Shortly after this, Diane would end their relationship, <laughs> citing Ted's lack of ambition. The breakup devastated She's him. She's like, he didn't tell me to wear a flower in my hair, so that dude's gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, this, is, this is a thing that does throw me off. So, Diane Edwards, uh, effectively, super out of Ted Bundy's league. Because everybody, this is one of the things that like really irks me about discourse around Ted Bundy, especially in like the really, um, the really cheesy like A and E style documentaries. Is they describe him like he was the the most beautiful man. In, I've in seen the pictures world. of Ted Bundy. He was like a normal looking white guy. Yes. Exactly. Which explains a lot about my he personal was, high school experience. He was a painfully normal, average-looking man. Boys, if you are ever unconfident, I'm going to need you to look up a picture of Charles Manson and realize that that man got married three times while in prison for serial murder. And cult yeah. activity. And the last time he was married, he was pushing 90. He has yeah. a swastika on his fucking forehead. Well, he used to. Uh, is he dead now? He sure is. Oh, oh yeah, he right. died a few years back. Happening. Yes, because guess yeah. who has the gown he died in? I don't Oh, care. fuck off. God damn it. I hope he died. I hope Zach Bacon dies with <laughs> the death that he deserves. <laughs> <laughs> one and it is one thing one thing i want at the that, appointed hour that doesn't i want that to happen involve zach bagans i want one 
Can't have it. If it doesn't in involve fact, Zach Bagans, it's the other fucking, it's the couple that that one guy plays that it's. God damn it. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Edward Ray Warren. The guy. Fuck? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. God damn it. Fuck. You know this to be true. Search your feelings, Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got, it's in the museum. He also has a painting that someone made of Manson and the whites of Manson's eyes in the painting is made from ashes of Charles Manson. I don't. Oh, we've talked about fucking. I hate that <laughs> that's too so hard. much. I just don't like so, him. I don't. I don't really yeah. hate. But uh, yeah, I yeah, guess I no. I know where you're coming from. I've, I got same. big feelings, but like yeah. this man, I don't like him. Big, big mad about it. So. The breakup devastated Ted, and one psychologist would refer to this as perhaps the most pivotal period in Bundy's development into a killer. By the fall Here's of the 1960... Stop doing that, everybody. What? I know breakups are hard. Stop blaming that on... Like, oh, that feels well, no, like cause... blaming women for what men are going to do. Ted Bundy yeah, was already killing rats. That shit was but... going to happen one way or another. But it did have something to do with the his choice of women that he killed, because they all had the yes, same that's, features as his ex. She they all becomes had, the model for yeah. his victims. That's valid. Right. I just feel like, I feel like historians we can phrase it better. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, it always happens that we frame it in such a way that it's like the breakup broke him. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. A broken man got broken up with and ended up murdering people who looked like his ex. Hurt people hurt people. Extreme <laughs> version, the, but in the 90s. Um, no, so I, I got <clears throat> sidetracked. Diane Edwards was totally fucking out of Ted Bundy's league. Um, like, uh, Ted Bundy loves four things in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, he loves... Uh, the Republican Party, Volkswagen Beetles, that's valid. Downhill skiing and brutal rape and murder. That's those valid. those are his things. He loves those things. You know what these things are? Um, minus the Beetle. What did you say they were? <laughs> uh, the Republican Party. Not great. Uh huh. Historically, especially in the sixties. Yeah. Uh, Volkswagen Beetles, downhill skiing. It's a sport, I guess. Uh, and she was better than him at all of it, except for the really bad one. The brutal rape and murder part? Yeah, that part. Um, that's sad. But it, it throws me off that she cites his lack of ambition as one of the reasons that she broke up with him, oh, even though adorable. he was becoming very involved with uh, a major political party. He was volunteering to make connections. Wow, he looks like everyone's fucking uncle. <laughs> Italian though, specifically. Okay, sorry. That was sorry. A, that was a big sidetrack, Don. You yeah. can go ahead. So, by the fall of 1969, wow. nice. Bundy would be nice. back in Washington it was where the he met of 69. I did write nice into the script in 1969. That was me, just so you know. Good, 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 good. Yeah, so Bundy would be back in Washington where he met a single mother from Ogden, Utah by the name of Elizabeth uh, Klepper or Klepfer? Klopfer? I I think it it might be Klofer. 
Clofer. Okay. This relationship would last. K L O E P F E R. Yeah, Clofer. P F E R. Clofer. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. So this relationship would last even beyond Ted's arrest in 1976. Elizabeth's daughter would much later reveal that Bundy had begun abusing her starting at the age of seven. God damn. In 1970, Ted re-enrolled at the University of Washington, this time as a psych major. In 1971... That fucked me up so bad, I couldn't even say real words. What did I just say? I tried to say hot damn, but it came out like hot damn. I thought you said hot damn. (laughs) Okay, I heard hot damn. It worked then. I felt numb. Uh, But yeah, obviously, Ted goes back to school as a fucking psychology major now. What... So, yeah, he re-enrolled as a psych major. In 1971, he took a job at Seattle's Suicide Prevention Hotline, where he would work alongside Ann Rule, a retired cop and later author of one of the most notable Bundy biographies, The Stranger Beside Me. At the time, she described him as... Yeah, no, read this part, sorry. At the time, she described him as kind, solicitous, and empathetic, which is amazing considering that we now know him to be one of the most perfect examples of a dangerous psychopath. So I'm, I'm stressed. One of the, <laughs> every time you mention a woman's name near this man, I oh, get I know. absolutely yeah. skeeved. No, no, no. Cause see, that's the thing near him. They're safe because Ted Bundy never killed anybody that he knew. I mean, they're, they're safe for not being murdered. Yeah. You know, it, he he always knew that if he killed someone he was close to, that he would be a suspect. So he just killed people that looked like the people that he wanted to kill. Yeah. That's terrifying in a whole nother way, too. Yeah. Because imagine that that's a perfectly logical decision to make, which is why psychopaths are terrifying. Yeah. Um, but... It's because it's not an emotional decision, although it is, though, kind of. But what if I look like what if somebody fucking hated Tyler Perry? Like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) They were like, oh, God, fuck, fuck my dear. I hate her. And they decided I can't kill Tyler Perry. That's too much. That's too high profile. I got to find another big ass light skinned ball. Dude. If anybody ever really wants to kill Leno, Ethan is so fucked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> oh. Darn, I don't so, know what you're so fucking happy about. You get the guy with the sweater. <laughs> yeah, Ken Bone. I, no, no, I do not look anything like Ken Bone anymore. You can fuck right off. And while we're at it, if if fucking I'm somebody sorry, tries, ZZ fucking top. No, no, no. If somebody let me, wants let me to stop it. you right there, because who would ever want to kill Weird Al? That's valid, actually. Coolio, apparently. You, look, you no, they were cool at the end. Do you know what yeah, your, hair, your new hair makes you look like? Like in a weird way? Who? Not in a weird way. That's bad. In a good way. Like a Tolkien-style elf. Oh fuck yeah. I'm so down for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it frames your face in such a way. Ladies, he's so hot. You guys got to get in his DMs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, l- last time a fan slid into my DMs, she turned out to be married. So. That's not cool. 
Don't do that. <laughs> hey, I don't know if we've made it clear. Don't do that. So at the same time, We're he was weak, deepening. But don't. <laughs> so at the same time he was working on the suicide hotline, he was deepening his involvement with the Republican Party, volunteering on re-election campaigns. His connections with well-known party members produced recommendations that saw him admitted to the Seattle University School of Law, despite very average test scores. In 1973, while in California on Republican Party business, and while still dating Elizabeth uh, Clofer, Bundy rekindled his romance with Diane. He would continue this long-distance courtship. So, the getting into law school... Uh even with average scores because of his political connections. Um, internet people will know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know the meme with the butterfly? Yeah. Um, oh. the, is, is this... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mine just now was, is this nepotism? Uh, kind of. <laughs> this too yeah. is nepotism? Yeah, probably. Kind of, a little um, bit. You see, Ted Bundy was one of those guys who... I, I'm going to hit you guys with the fun fact right now. So... And mind you, I have been trying to drop hints in our our Discord about um, that this series was coming up. So those little fuckers figured it out so fast. They are way too smart for me. True crime people do not fuck around. It's I posted no. a picture of trash bags and they were like, oh, yeah, it's Ted Bundy. <laughs> uh, that was all it took. It was all it took. And I was going to get so in-depth, like, trying to mislead them and make them think that it was going to be Ed Kemper. Yeah. Because Kemper has... They almost went for Kemper. I saw it. I was watching the whole ordeal. I know. I know. Which is why I posted, like, just a a headline that had the word co-ed in it. And I cropped out, like, everything except the word co-ed. And I was trying to make them think co-ed killer, Ed Kemper. And... As I was starting to do that, I started noticing that there are a ridiculous amount of parallels between Ed Kemper and Ted Bundy. Like, a disturbing amount. They have the exact same IQ score, 136. I don't know what mine is. I I don't either. But... The thing that's so striking to me about that is when you listen to Ted Bundy talk, if he were alive today, he would be the most prolific poster on r slash I am very smart. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Oh, he no. talks like a fucking Redditor. He's so Please. goddamn annoying, and I listened to hours no. of it. Jesus. I say this... I said this to you, Ruben. I say this as a person who has a podcast. There is nobody in the world who loves the sound of their own voice as much as Ted Bundy did. Nobody. Wow. Conversely, you listen to Ed Kemper, who has the same IQ score, and he sounds and feels really intelligent. You can tell you're listening to somebody who is very smart. The secret is if you shut the fuck up for a little bit and listen and then respond. So I think the biggest difference between the two of them is like Ed Kemper is just 
a guy who is very smart in spite of being a monster. Yeah. Ted Bundy is the type of guy who thinks that because he has a high IQ score, he is smarter than everybody else. Ah. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's the thing is that, like, you know. And fuck, fuck IQ scores. Just fuck obligatory. IQ scores. Uh, they're bullshit. Uh, happy Black History Month. I mean, they're not I bullshit. They're just they're a, they're just happy Black History Month. Uh, they're they're an indication of how well you can take in and absorb, absorb white culture knowledge. That's that's it. Yep. Um. So anyway, the problem with <clears throat> I am someone who has been called intelligent their whole life. I don't particularly feel smarter than anybody else. Yeah. And I think that's lucky. I mean, I do sometimes when it's obvious, you know, like I know I'm smart. I worked very hard to do that now, like as an adult. But when I was a kid and people are calling you smart, that just means they think you learn fast or that you know too much for your age or some shit. You know what I mean? Like you read a lot. Like... Mm -hmm. And it is difficult, like, for somebody with very good, essentially all I have are good critical thinking and, like, reading comprehension. That's about it. Uh, which just means I get to take in information, and because of my ADHD, I make connections fast. That's all. Yeah. And because of that, people think I'm some sort of fucking child prodigy-ass dude, and I'm not. And I never have been, but there are times in your life when if somebody has been calling you smart because you know big words when you're six, you turn 16 and like people are still calling you smart. There are essentially two directions you can go. The first direction is the way that most people go, which is eventually learning that Oh, no, I'm not necessarily that much smarter than any particular person or any people. I just happen to be able to absorb knowledge in the way that we value mm -hmm. academically. Like, my grandfather was not academically smart. But that I've never met a smarter person when it comes to just figure it out. Look at the problem. What shape is it? Draw the complementary shape. And he was able to do that, and I cannot. That's right. It goes in the square hole. Exactly. It goes in the square hole. I have a real problem. Like, it does. I'm not bad at it. I'm just slow at putting problems together like that. And so, that my point is um, don't get high and mighty because you're smart when you're young. It evens out later. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it does. So Ted would continue this long distance courtship with Diane for about six months before very abruptly cutting all contact with her in January of 1974. Around the same time, Bundy began skipping well, all of his. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> one, one more thing about that. Uh, I left it out of the script because I wanted to say this. <laughs> Uh, so, he had kept talking to her long distance. To Diane. Diane, uh -huh. yes. After they had broken up initially and he had started seeing uh, El Elizabeth Clover. Uh-huh. And 
So he was two-timing both of them. Right. But finally, about a month after Bundy cut all contact with Diane, she finally got a hold of him again over the phone Mm -hmm. and demanded an explanation for why he did that. And he very calmly said, Diane, I have no idea what you're talking about, and hung up the phone. That's fucked. Yup. That's fucking weird. All this big fucking psychological game that he played with her. Women that he call the cops said, yeah, more right. often. He later said that he just wanted to prove to himself that he could have married her. What? Nah, no, I'm not even surprised. Yeah. That sounds like some shit that a man would do. Uh-huh. Ladies, call the cops more often, please. For real. I'm not fucking around. So around the same time, Bundy would begin skipping all of his law classes and stopped attending entirely by April. And shortly after that, women across several states in the Northwest would begin disappearing, some without a trace, their final whereabouts unknown to this day, and some found brutalized badly enough to make hardened homicide detectives shudder, which is where we'll pick up the story back up next week. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so next week is going to hit the ground running. Just murder. Just murder. Crime scenes. Murder. Uh, arrests. More murder? Murder. Damn. Yeah. Shit. <clears throat> In fact, yes. It's going to be like murder, 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 murder. Uh, arrest. Murder, murder, murder. Arrest. Murder, murder, murder. Arrest. Death. Ah. Good. Yeah. Now that we have the rhythm down, class, I'd like you to clap along with me. Uh, well, we're going to clap on the murders and stomp on the arrests. I need you to stay on the upbeat, class. <laughs> so, um, for those of you who are keeping count, uh, this episode is our 97th deep dive episode. Um, we are coming up very quickly. I'm sorry, not 97th, 94th. I'm sorry. Um, we're coming up real quick to our 100th deep dive, which is going to be a major, yeah, we are. major one. Um, yeah, it is. And I um, don't remember. <laughs> I'll tell you off off the air. Um, I've heard uh, what Leanne's wanting to do for her next episode. It's actually going to be kind of a big one. Um, it's wild gonna... that she changed her name in the Discord and you immediately <laughs> stopped fucking it up. <laughs> I know it's I know. wild, <laughs> but um, so that's we got like some... the very definition of one very particular wire in your brain is yeah. crossed. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, no, it's just the cold. I got her to change her name, so there you go. Um, I know she didn't change her name, but she did say that she would. She wouldn't mind being called Hogla, but uh, yeah. Oh no! I thought Her that child. I thought that was uh, Tiara or Kitty in Discord. Maybe it was. Thought Maybe she it said was. T- t- Hogla, Hogla would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, Hogla works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the Joe way, um, sin- yeah. What I was trying to say with all that is, we got some very, very uh, like high-profile episodes coming up in our near future. I don't know what Ruby's yeah, doing because he won't a tell lot. us. But I never um, do. and they're yeah. they're all like 
heavy episodes too. None none of these are lighthearted for the next uh next little while. I'm gonna be honest. We might have a couple in there, but it's like serial killer, serial killer, lots of death, serial killer. For real, we gotta double up because I need a day. Yeah. Like I for real almost missed this session. Like you called me. I'd slept through three alarms already. You called me. I woke up. And I damn near called you back and was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm staying home. Like I hold on. Let me let me just run through uh, how how today's recording session went. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, so we our our meet time is four thirty. Ostensibly. So five thirty rolls around mm-hmm. and Ruben's, Ruben's messenger still says last seen 10 hours ago. And Don messaged at around five fifteen. Or whatever, and was like, uh, "What's going on?" And I was like, "I don't know. I'm just still sitting here waiting." And I was like, "You know, I should probably call Reuben and just see, like, are you on the way or what?" It's actually and wild that the call woke me up. It rang for a while. Yeah, like, like I thought that it it was about to disconnect me, and then I hear the ringing stops and just lots of shuffling. Yeah, and I was scrambling. I was. Then like, you go. Hello? Yeah, I was out. And I was like, yo. You were like, yo, what up? I was like, are you on the way? You were like, uh, y- yeah. Yeah, what what time is it? Why? What time is it? I was like, it's 5.30. And you were like, fuck. Okay, yeah, I'm on the way. You guys start without me. Yeah. And, and I was like, all right, bud. And you said, all right. Bye, and the call just ended. Yeah, dude, like... I guess bye! I don't know. <laughs> like, I guess, like... Okay, I, I do have announcements that we have to make, like, normal, unfortunately. Um, as we've said in the past couple of weeks, we are doing um, a special thing. If we can get Patreon, um, or p- patrons, people to join our Patreon, even if it's at $2 a week, if we can get for every $20 we get on Patreon, we will do a bonus episode and uh, we will also enter you into a raffle for all of the hard copy books that I have that I've used for research um, that we can autograph or not, whatever you want. Um, and they're free books for you. And some of them are like classics of um, true crime. Like I have deranged, which was uh, Howard or Harold Schechter's book on uh, Albert Fish we have Harold the, Schechter is a wild true crime writer. Yeah. I'm um, trying to did, get Josh to finish the One Piece podcast. Yeah, yeah. but that that's that's for patrons only. I'm talking about we would do a bonus <laughs> episode for the show, like for release. Oh, her. Yeah, and oh, it would be above yeah, and beyond. You, you would be doing this for everybody. It's charity, really. Write it off on your taxes. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, so everybody would get a bonus episode of us. Don't um, write that off. This is not hey, financial hey, hey. advice. Don't. Hey, this is not financial advice. It's revolutionary <laughs> advice. Stop doing your taxes. Yeah. Just don't do them. So, uh, hey, aside, just don't. Yeah. They can't so aside, stop all of us. So aside from that, um, I don't think we have any other major um, episode or housekeeping we're gonna start doing housekeeping at the beginning <laughs> so we know people legally that was a joke <laughs> but uh, unofficially uh, no it wasn't yeah. but yes it was though so you know how it is fuck cancer uh fuck the bitch fuck shout cancer, out to the plant babies Ted and Bundy. their mommies 
Stop, stop doing your taxes. Um, <sighs> be good to yourselves. Uh, and thanks for, you know, being here today yeah. with us in and this time of uh, difficulty and mourning. And uh, okay, amen. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>